0: the Tales Tunes and Tom Foolery starring Jerry Springer with Gene Galvin and me I am Maria Corelli we are recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience here in Folk School Coffee Parlor of Ludlow Kentucky and here he is ladies and gentlemen Jerry Springer thank
1: you oh, wow. thank you so I know this uh is <laughs> There's this guy named... I flew up for this? For this. (laughs) I want to ask you a question, and and Maria as well. There's a guy named Felix Eboigbe. He is from Nigeria. And he is an African sculptor. He has been an artist-in-residence years ago at Indiana U. I met him when he was the artist-in-residence at the University of Cincinnati. Very Mm. accomplished guy. I just saw today... There's a piece on eBay for sale by Felix, and it's just one. It's not it to be the highest one. Seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he's serious, and he's lived. He's a citizen. He's lived in America now for many, many years. And uh, he once told me we were at a party and we got into this conversation. His he is the son of a of one of the chiefs in Nigeria. So he that's his backstory. He once said, every home in the world must have, not should have, must have art on its walls. And when he told me that, I thought like, okay, Jerry Springer, all kidding aside, has the dough, and I've seen some of the art you have, and you have some beautiful art. You have some expensive art, because you've made some money, and you have uh, expressed that part of your spirit by having art. I have art in my home. And you may as well. We, mm-hmm. but I said, Felix. So he's an African guy, and I at the time was doing talk radio. I had a five day a week show on WDBZ, the Buzz of Cincinnati, an an African American station. Do you remember the Buzz, yep, Jerry? Sure. And so my audience on that show, my talk show, were not all, but ha- you know, the vast majority were African American. I said, well, I'll go on my radio show tomorrow night. And say that you said that, and I'll get calls all night saying you're a total dipshit. That can't be. I'm struggling to put food on the table or to get to work tomorrow, and it's probably going to be on a bus, and I'm going to go out and buy art. And Felix says they must have art. I said in poor households in rural Ohio or urban Michigan, Detroit, Every household must have. he says, and I'll come on your show. He's an African guy and I'll make that point. He came on, he convinced most of the callers, by the way, do you, th- his thesis is, is that as much as the human spirit being needs food, water and air, it must have art because he says it's the food of the soul. Does that make sense to you guys, or does it not? Is that ridiculous for every person, regardless of their socioeconomic level?
0: Well, I have a question yeah. for that: is um, would you consider like music being played in the home part of that? I would. Like, is that part?
1: Of- I would. Yeah. I would consider. Um, yeah, I don't know that it needs to just be visual. A visual. It doesn't. Yeah. Or, or a painting hanging on a wall. Yeah. Could be a sculpture. Yeah. Do you agree with that too? Do you think that that is a realistic uh, requirement well, it, it, of life? It, 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 it's a
2: good it's a good thing to do, but you're not you're going to get a lot of people that aren't going to do it, and because they're just going to think right now I got other things on my mind. Yep. So as a practical matter, it won't. But it, to encourage people to do that, to encourage the arts, particularly if you have got children, to expose them to the various arts is, I mean, I think you should play opera at home as well as the popular music. And that's
1: the point you're making, Maria, that maybe you're playing opera. Yeah, I think kids should
2: hear all kinds of music and Mm -hmm. they should see all kinds of art. And if you can afford to take, look, there's a lot of free theater around. Take them to plays, Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, tons of communities have theater in the park, you know, for free and stuff like that. So that isn't a financial impediment.
1: Who is a friend of yours? <clears throat> Sadly, the wife died. Rosen. Dick Rosenthal. Rosenthal. Oh, right. Dick, Rosenthal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dick yeah. Rosenthal and his oh, wife. Have, yeah. Rest yeah, her soul. Laws. Yeah. They started a program in a poor neighborhood in Cincinnati on that very point. Oh, yeah. We they like, funded yeah. it. And they had, so if you were a poor child from the inner city in Cincinnati, and and my own grandkids, uh, I mean, thousands of dollars are spent to have them in dance classes sure. or soccer or whatever it is. And they said, poor kids can't get that. And so they provided it. Yeah. They paid for it. And they could go right down the street to this place in a neighborhood called Over the Rhine and attend dance classes, music classes, voice lessons. Uh, but Felix Felix Boydby says must have it now what's the detriment if you don't you're not going to necessarily die but he says your spirit will will sure. suffer yeah suffer greatly and just to cap this off i i had mentioned i volunteer at a uh i teach two classes at a prison in the kentucky prison system down in kentucky uh, about an hour and a half from where we are here and i'm going to raise that tomorrow in one of my classes in my critical thinking class because ponder this I'm gonna say to these guys that Felix E Boydby, whoever the hell he is to them, they don't know him, says you should have in your cell, in your cell, art. In your cell. Because your human spirit, and if you're trying to repair yourself to go before a parole board, you're trying to grow and grow out of that prison, which they all are. I are know to put those. limits on what that art can be. And that takes it and not to pursue this forever because yeah. it gets complicated because then person, the question yeah. becomes, what is art? Because yeah. is an Elvis thing you get in Gatlinburg art?
2: What yeah. is? Art? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. <laughs> but, no, yeah, but I mean, uh, you know, I, I remember when uh, graffiti was going on on the New York City subways and clearly... Um, That was an artistic expression of, it it may have been anger, whatever, but the kids, I say kids, it's a generalization, but usually it it was young people that were writing this stuff, even though the language may have been foul or whatever, they were expressing what was in their soul at the time. And uh, so I think if you do it in a prison, which I think is a great subject to bring up, but there, you could all of a sudden, as so often happens with art in art, you want to challenge people's boundaries, yeah, to think outside the box, but they got barbed wire in prison, so you don't get too far outside the box, and you know, so that could be it, but that's a separate you. subject, and you know, but I think it's a great idea, yeah. I don't know why anyone would be opposed to the concept of to encourage artistic expression and, uh, young people jump to it immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, that's probably the easiest thing you can get your kid to do is to be interested in some form of art. They do it on their own. And mm-hmm. look what they even <laughs> with these damn iPhones or whatever the, on their computers, you know, they're becoming artistic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And by the way, rap
1: music is, because oh, one of the classes yeah. I teach yeah. is uh, poetry writing. Sure. And rap, and I knew this when I was an educator in Cincinnati Public Schools years ago when rap was first coming on the scene. I said, oh, that's poetry. Ah, yeah. oh, it's junk. And, you know, no, that's poetry. That's that's beat, That's beat. no different than beatnik poetry. That's an expression of that, this generation and their powerful feelings, and it's what no they're pissed off than,
2: about. Or, it's no different than country music.
1: No, in country music, same same deal. Uh, yeah. Hey, Jerry, in a previous show, you talked about impeachment, and you made the case as to why it must happen. <clears throat> Analyze the politics of impeachment. Who does it help? Who does it hurt? Democrat, Republican. What's your take
2: on that? Um. We can't resist, or pundits can't resist, in this case, comparing this possibility of impeachment with the prior impeachments. And we've had three. Andrew Johnson, Richard Nixon, at least the threatened impeachment, and Bill Clinton. And if we look at the three prior impeachments, There's one consistency. In order to remove a president from office, there are two criteria that have to be met. One, obviously, there have to be grounds for impeachment. And two, there has to be the possibility that once impeached, the Senate will actually remove him with a two-thirds vote. You need both of those in order to remove a president. So let's look at the three prior impeachments. The first was Andrew Johnson. Andrew Johnson became president when Lincoln was assassinated. Andrew Johnson then, because Congress went on an eight-month, not sabbatical, but they weren't in session back then, according to the calendar. So for eight months, Johnson was president, and Congress wasn't going to come back until December of 65, of 1865. So for those eight months, he became, in a sense, a dictator. And even though Congress, before leaving, had passed Reconstruction Acts, in other words, the issue that America faced right after the Civil War was, we won this, the North won the the Civil War, how do we let the Southern states back into the Union? And of course, They would have to ratify the amendment, uh, which uh, uh, did away with slavery. They would have the 13th Amendment. They would have to ratify the 14th Amendment, which gave rights to all citizens that their civil rights could not be taken away by any state. There had to be due process of law, which suddenly meant, wow, wow. Black people were now suddenly citizens, not three-fifths of a person, but they would now be a full citizen. And so some southern states would suddenly be a majority, like Mississippi, would be a majority of black people. Back then, we weren't calling them African Americans. And so this created a real problem. And so those states weren't admitted back into the Union right away until there was ratification. And what was going to happen to all the Confederate officers? Are they suddenly going to be allowed to run the local governments again? Because they still hated black people. They still weren't going to give them any freedom. And so what what Andrew Johnson did, he believed and said in speeches that the American government was for white people. That the whites were superior to blacks. And we can't have a situation where if you give black citizenship, they could sit on juries. And we can't have black people sit on a jury where a white person is the defendant. And so these were real issues. But Johnson, even after the North won the Civil War and hopefully created some sense of equality, he overruled it. He pardoned these... Southern generals, the Confederate generals. He pardoned the Confederate office holders. And they went right back into the offices they had. So this made the Congress very unhappy, of course. And so when they got back into session, they moved to impeach him. Now, those policies, we can all understand, are horrific They're racist, not unlike a lot of the arguments we have against Trump. But those are policy questions, and you can't impeach because you disagree with a person's policy. Those issues have to be settled in elections. That's what a democracy is. Impeachment is specifically for high crimes and misdemeanors for a violation of someone who is, in a sense, attacking the Constitution or the security of the United States. Someone who does something against America. And the only thing they had on Andrew Johnson was that he violated a specific law, which was the Tenure of Office Act which said at the time that law doesn't exist anymore. But if the Senate uh, approved the appointment of a cabinet official, had to be confirmed by the Senate, you aren't allowed to fire that person unless you get the consent of the Senate as well. And he got rid of Stanton, who was Secretary of War, because Stanton opposed him on the issue of whether or not Southern generals should be allowed you know, should be pardoned. So he fired Stanton. He wasn't allowed to fire Stanton. It was a minor technicality. And therefore, looking back, they didn't really have the grounds to impeach Johnson. They did meet the second criteria. They had the possibility of impeaching him because the Senate was willing to do it. But they failed getting a two-thirds vote by one vote. So remember, there are two considerations in getting rid of a president. You have to have the grounds which they didn't have with Johnson. They just had the possibility. They had column B. Next was Nixon. Nixon, you clearly had the grounds to impeach. And for a long time, you didn't have the possibility. But as soon as the tapes came out, suddenly the Republicans were willing all to turn on him. And so Nixon did leave office because the grounds were there, and the votes were there. So that's different than Johnson. Now you come to Bill Clinton. In Bill Clinton, you had neither the grounds, because his crime wasn't against America. It was a sex crime. You know, uh, he lied about sex, and it was wrong what he did, and a violation. But it wasn't a crime against the United States. It didn't impair the security of the United States. <clears throat> So they didn't have the grounds, and as it turned out, they never really had a two-thirds voter. They weren't even close to it. So you have three different situations. With Andrew Johnson, you didn't have the grounds, but you had the votes. For Nixon, you had grounds and votes. For Clinton, you had neither the grounds or the votes, and now we're with Trump. And with Trump, it looks like we have the grounds, but we don't have the votes. Except With the impeachment investigation now really rising up, and every day, more and more headlines, more witnesses coming forth, the transcript, the smoking gun of his telephone call with the Ukrainian president, all of a sudden you'll notice the polls for the first time. For the first time, 55% of Americans think he should be removed from office. A Fox poll. Now, some polls said only 48% are ready to remove him from office. But wow, every single poll taken in the last three weeks is moving in the direction of moving this president out of office. And because of that, I no longer think even if you were concerned about the politics of the moment, this continuing of the investigation, ultimately coming to a vote to impeach, even if you don't have all the votes necessary, are certainly going to politically create a man who cannot be re-elected. Already, 28% of Republicans Support the inquiry, the impeachment inquiry. So this notion that, oh, we better not pursue this because America will come to Trump's side, that's not true anymore, folks. It really isn't. America's not ready to have more Trump. People are tired of it. People love their country too much. It's not going to happen. They should continue with the impeachment inquiry. Let it go where it goes but you're not gonna make Trump stronger by seeking the truth.
0: Thank you, Jerry. Uh, we're gonna move on to the music segment of the podcast. I wanna to welcome to our, our humble little stage here, uh, originally from Texas, but he lives in Nashville, Tennessee right now. How about we give a warm welcome to Jeremy Parsons.
3: Hey! Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here.
0: So, yeah, so will you play us uh, that that song? I guess the music video was um, Making Things Up As I Go.
3: Absolutely, without the G on making. Yeah, this is a true story. It's exactly what it sounds like. I'd never know what I'm doing. So, yeah, that's what this is about. One foot on the floor, you're yeah, in the day. You sound I'm making things up As I go Off the cuff and so Out of my control Yeah, as we go, yeah. Another true story for you right there. Like I said, I like to remain lost most of the time. Find Um, a lot of cool places that way.
0: Will you do us a favor and sing Down by the Riverside and let Jerry sing on it, too? Of
3: course. I'm going to lay down my heavy load Down down by the riverside, down by the riverside. Down by the riverside, I'm gonna lay down my heavy load. Down by the riverside. You've been
1: listening to Tales, Tunes, more and Tom Foolery, recorded live at the Folk School I Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song, and to you for listening. Check out our website, jerryspringer.com. I ain't
3: gonna study no more. I ain't gonna study no more. ain't gonna study.
2: by the riverside, down by the riverside, down by the riverside. I'm gonna lay down my sword and shield. Down by the riverside, down by the riverside. I ain't gonna
3: study war no more. I ain't gonna study war no more.
2: Yeah.